Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Christ Fellowship. I love that song, Lord, I Just Need You. And I love it because that's exactly what we're gonna be talking about today from the book of Colossians. As you may already know, we're in a study of the book of Colossians. We're in a series that deals with how to survive and how to thrive in this world below. And let me tell you, Pastor Omar and Pastor Carlos have just been crushing this series. And I love it, very proud of them. Well, I wanna begin today by reading from Colossians chapter three. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. It'll come up on your screen and you can follow along with it. But let's begin reading at chapter three, verse one. It says this, if you then have been raised with Christ, set your mind, a very key word, set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. Well, you can stop right there. And I wanna set things up for us today by sharing this with you. A while back, I went lobster diving with Pastor Tony Isaacs and with Pastor Sammy Flores. Our mission was to dive down into the waters of Biscayne Bay and catch as many lobsters as we possibly could. By the way, by the way, God has so used Pastor Tony and Pastor Sammy to make Christ Fellowship all that it is. And we love those guys so much. Anyways, back to the waters of Biscayne Bay because I put on my diving mask, slipped on those diving flippers. I took a deep breath of air from this world above, you know, into my lungs. And then I submerged myself, folks, into that world below. And man, oh man, was it fascinating down there. But, but I was on a mission, no time for sightseeing. I was on a mission to catch lobster. And so I went down as far as I could and I started looking for lobster. I started combing the ocean floor. I started scouring the ocean floor. I was looking in every nook and every cranny for lobster. And I gotta tell you, I just got preoccupied with that world down there until, until my lungs sent a message to my mind about this thing called air. Oh yeah, and all of a sudden, I had this, this urge to breathe in air. But you can't take a breath down there. You can't do it. But check this out. In spite of that urge that I had for air, I just continued to search for lobster more and more. I was just obsessed with that world down there until, until that urge for air turned into urgency because my lungs literally began suffocating from oxygen deprivation. And folks, I don't have to tell you that that suffocating feeling is an awful feeling. It is a, it is a dreadful feeling. But at the same time, I also don't have to tell you, that's our body's way of telling us time's up. It is time to, to come up out of that world below and surface to the world above. You see, we human beings were not designed to be able to spend long periods of time in that world down there without surfacing up to the world above for air. I mean, for one thing, we don't have gills. 
And we didn't have oxygen tanks. So all of a sudden, in desperation, I started seeking that world above. I, I, I put the pause on that world below. I put the pause on looking for lobster because I knew, I knew I had to get my head above that waterline that separates that world down there from the world above. And so I began to seek the world above. I set my mind desperately to get up to that waterline. And folks, when, when I surfaced, I was in such desperate need for air that when I, when I surfaced, I just gasp for air. And I fill my lungs with a precious load of cargo. Now, would you stay with me? Because I didn't have to leave the water. I didn't have to get out of the water and abandon my, my mission for lobster. No, I just had to get my head above that water line so that I could breathe in the air from above. You see, folks, that's the only way to survive and thrive in that world down there. You gotta come up out of it. And you gotta come up out of it over and over and over again in order to survive. And let me tell you, every time I came up out of that water and breathed in the air, the, the, the change in my body, the effect was drastic because my lungs were, were filled with air. I was rejuvenated. I no longer had that suffocating feeling in my lungs. And then being rejuvenated, I could now go back down into that world below and be even more effective at catching lobster. Now, let me turn a corner and bring that over to our study today. Because what an image of how God calls Christians to survive and thrive in this world below. And by that, I mean, just like a diver, in order to survive down there, in order to thrive down there, he has to consistently come up out of that world below and surface to get air from the world above in order to survive and thrive. Now listen, just like that, just like that, and this is my proposition. God calls Christians in order to survive in this world mentally. He calls us to continually to rise up out of this world. In other words, we got to rise up out of this world below and up to God's world above and to breathe in the truths into our soul about the truths of God's world above. And we got to do that over and over and over throughout the day. Now, you might be asking, well, Rick, you know, what do you mean surface, <laughs> come up out of this world in order to survive? What do you mean by that? And, and, and how would I rise up into God's world above? How does that work? Well, that's what we're gonna find out as we look at this very crucial passage from Colossians chapter three. By the way, this is gonna come across a lot more, I tell you this from time to time, a lot more like, like instruction, more like teaching than preaching. So I wanna encourage you, put your thinking caps on. I wanna give you two major thoughts. If you're filling in the blanks on your screen, here they are. And I don't even have to tell you this. This world can mentally suffocate you. It can make you feel like you're suffocating. Now with that in mind, let's, let's listen, pick it up in verse one. The word of God says, if you then have been raised with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now here's our key thought for now. 
Set your mind on the things that are above. Set your mind on things that are above. Now stop there for a moment. Because those three words, set your mind, are all translated from one Greek word. And that Greek word is the word Fruneo. I always tell you your Bible is originally written in Koine Greek, your New Testament, then translated to English, Spanish, French, whatever. But those three words, set your mind, come from the Greek word Fruneo. And Fruneo is a very specific word. And specifically, it refers to your mind. It refers to your brain. Now I say that because some translations say set your affections. But folks, Fruneo has nothing to do with your affections. It has nothing to do with your emotions. It has to do with your mind. God is not talking to us in this passage about how we feel. God is talking to us about how we think in our minds. And here's what we need to know. Write this down as A. God wants you to have a sound mind. God wants you to have a sound mind. That's why this verse starts out, verse two, set your mind, set your mind. Second Timothy chapter one says this, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power, and check this out, of a sound mind. Now everybody lean in. Because tucked inside the skull of each of our heads is a three pound jelly-like mound that looks like crinkle Play-Doh. <laughs> but folks, it's actually a network of over a hundred billion neurological circuits that empower you to be able to think, to reason, to dream, to hope, to, to calculate, and then to make decisions. And let me tell you, that mass inside of your head, it is the most complex mass in the universe. Nothing rivals its power. And here's what I want you to understand. Your mind is the command center for your whole life. It is the nerve center from your whole life. And, 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 get, and check this out. Every decision that you make, whether it is right or wrong, whether it's a good decision or a bad decision, whether it's a smart decision or a dumb decision, every decision you make is calculated in your mind and executed in your mind. It all starts in your head. It all starts in your mind. Now, here's what we're learning from this passage. God wants you to have a sound mind because when you are mentally sound, mentally healthy, your mind will make better decisions. When your mind is sound, it can even help you fight off disease. It can help you fight something like cancer. When your mind is sound, it'll help you to fight off temptation. When your mind is sound, it can, it can be the difference between happiness and sadness. A sound mind can bring you peace. It can bring you joy. It can bring you a life of happiness. But transverse, turn it around. An unsound mind can make you weak, it can make you sick. An unsound mind can make you feel hopeless. It can make you feel depressed, it can make you feel sad, it can make you feel angry, it can make you feel bitter, it can make you feel hateful, it can even make you suicidal. 
which is why, which is why, write this down as B. God wants you to save your mind. Now you might be wondering, what do you mean by that? Well, listen again to 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Here's a key phrase, and of a, say it in your mind, a sound mind. Now, thinking caps on. Because that phrase, sound mind, translates one compound Greek word. And it is the Greek word, so phreneo. Everybody say in your mind, so phreneo. Yeah, so phreneo. Here's what it means. The prefix so in the Greek means to save something. Phreneo again means your mind. So phreneo then means save your mind. Rescue your mind. Fight for your mind. Why? Because here's the point. A sound mind does not happen by default. A sound mind happens because somebody makes up their mind that they're gonna save the mind, that they're gonna fight for their mind. Because folks, down here in this world, your mind can feel suffocated, your mind can feel sick, it can feel depressed, it can feel unhappy. And by the way, let me just remind you, that's your, that's your mind's way of telling you when you feel those feelings, that's your brain's way of trying to tell you, I've been down here too long without going up. I'm suffocating down here. So folks, that raises the questions. How do we save this thing? How do we keep our mind healthy and sound? How do we do that? Well, this passage tells us, I want you to write this down as big number two. To save the mind, rise above the line. Let me say that again. To save the mind, rise above the line. Listen to verse one. If you that have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Now stop right there. Because just like a human diver is not designed to spend long periods of time in that, that water world below without coming up out of that world to the world above, just like that child of God, you and I as Christians, we are not designed to be able to spend long periods of time in this world below without coming up to God's world above, bringing our minds up above that waterline that separates earth from heaven, this world from that world. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not, this is not a call to mentally check out of this world, but it is a call, it is a call for you to mentally check in to God's world to get your head above the line that separates earth from heaven, that separates this world from that world. And here's how we do it. Write this down as A and B. A, to get above the line, seek the things that are above. Listen to verse one. If you then have been risen with Christ, seek the things that are above. Now stop right there, because that word seek it is a very intense word in the original Greek language. It's the word zeteo. And zeteo means to pursue something with a passion. It means to go after something almost like in desperation. It's sort of like I was when I, when I was running out of air and I was desperately seeking that, 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 world, that world above. You see, the tendency for us in this, in this world 
is to seek the things that are in this world and to get preoccupied with them. You know, to, to seek our jobs, to seek our career, our families, our children, our friends, our, our hobbies. And there's nothing wrong with, with seeking those things. It's just that we can get so preoccupied with the things down here that we forget that we need to rise up out of that world and breathe in God's air from above. Because let me say it again, as Christians, we're not designed to spend long periods of time in this world below without coming up out of it to breathe in God's air and God's truth above. So you see, every time you feel that suffocating feeling in your mind, every time you feel despair and depression and sadness or anxiety or stress, use that to trigger that thought that you need you need to come up out of this world and seek the things that are above. And why do we seek the things that are above? Listen, he tells us, verse one, if you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Now, why do we seek the things that are above? He tells us, because that's where Christ is. You see, I, I, I love this. Because the idea is every time you get that stressful, suffocating feeling down here and you feel like you need to clear your mind, you need to clear your head. Listen, all you have to do is just get your head above the waterline. And all you have to do to do that is just call on Christ who is seated at the right hand of God. Because when you call out to him, your spirit, when you call out to Christ, your spirit is just automatically lifted out of this world above the waterline that separates this world from that world. And it takes you into God's world, into the presence of Christ. By the way, by the way, that word seek, it's in the present tense, which means it's not something you do just once and you do it once and for all. Zetao in the present tense means this is something you have to do over and over and over again. In other words, all through the day as you're down in this world and you're working and you're doing your thing, every time you feel that stress, let that trigger that you need to come up and just do it all day long, just for a moment, just a, just a one sentence prayer, God, I need your help. Whatever it is, rise up and breathe in the presence of Christ. There's a second way to fight for your mind and that is this, write it down as B. Set your mind on things above. Verse two says, set your mind on things that are above. Now stay with me because that phrase, set your mind, um, is again, that Greek word phruneo. And it means to, to set your mind on something and then to meditate on it, to think about it, to learn about it. So folks, this then is, is a command for us to set our mind on God's world and then meditate on the truths of that world. That's the command here. And folks, what I love is God doesn't just, you know, tell us, you know, to do that. Here's what I love, write this down to see. Colossians 3 actually lifts our minds into God's world above. 
In other words, God doesn't just say to you, get your mind up you know, on the things above. No, instead, Colossians 3 actually lifts our minds above the waterline into God's world. In other words, God lets you keep your feet in this world while getting your mind sort of above this world and you get a, you get a glimpse of what's happening in God's world as things are going on in, in your world. Because you see, when you see what's going on in God's world, <laughs> it'll just fill you with peace and confidence and to help you to be able to function in this world. So what is going on in God's world right now as you are down here in this world? I wanna give you four quick thoughts. Here they are, and then I'm gonna close. Four quick thoughts. Number one, God is seated and ruling over the universe. That is so key. Listen to verse one. If you that have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. What happens when you get your head above and look at what's going on above? Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I love it. This passage lifts you above the waterline between earth and takes you up into the very throne room of God. You now have your head into the command center of the universe and the central chair is occupied by God. He is seated in that chair. Folks, that's so important because in ancient Bible days, if a king was said to be seated, that meant he was in office. If he had been unseated, that means he had been put out of office. Listen, God is seated. God has not been put out of office. God has not been impeached. God is seated in the chair from which the universe is being ruled and he's ruling over the affairs of this world. And folks, what that means to you and me is that everything's okay. It's gonna be okay. You know, I remember when I was a little boy, I would get scared at night, afraid. And I would, I would get out of my bed and I would sort of creep around the doorway to where I could look into my mother's room just to be sure she was there. And so often my mom had this tiny little desk and she would be seated in that desk, even late at night sometimes, I guess she couldn't sleep. And it was where she'd paid our bills. It was where she would mend our clothes. But when I would see mom seated in that chair, I would always know Whatever's going on in my world is gonna be okay because mom's in charge. If mom's in the house, it's gonna be okay. And you see, I think God has me here today because he wants to give some of you a message. And that message is even though your world may seem like it's out of control, God is seated and he's not only in control of the world, he's in control of your world. And what that basically means is it's gonna be okay. I believe that God wants me to tell some of you that. It's gonna be okay. Think that in your mind. God is in charge and it's gonna be okay. The second thing we know is, is we get our head out of this world and into God's world. This is like breathing in air. Is that number two, God is merciful. God is merciful. Listen to verse one. If you then have been raised with Christ, Seek those things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now stop right there. Because Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, not 
in an arbitrary way. He's seated there for a purpose. And one of those purposes is to make sure that you are never condemned when you sin. In fact, listen to Romans 8. Who then is the one that condemns? Who's, who's gonna condemn you? He answers the rhetorical question. No one. Why? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who is raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And what is he doing there? He's interceding for you. You see, folks, it, when you let God down in your life, when you sin and you feel like you've let God down, if you think in your mind that God now rejects you, if you think that God hates you, if you think that God condemns you, if you think that God doesn't like you anymore, that very kind of thought in your mind would, would keep you distant from God. But folks, when you sin, listen, when you sin and repent of it, the scene that actually plays out in heaven is that Jesus is seated to the right hand of God and he's not condemning you to the contrary. He's forgiving you. It's a place of mercy. That's why Hebrews 4 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Not fearfully, but boldly. Why? That we may obtain mercy, not condemnation, and find help. So what do you do all day long as you're struggling through this world? You just surface knowing that God is merciful. God, I've, I failed you today. I let you down, but thank you that you're so merciful. That'll give you air to keep going in this world below. Number three, I'm gonna hit this quickly. God is protective. Verse three, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You say, meaning what? Meaning your life now and forever is protected by God. You can never lose your eternal life. There's nothing that you can do, right or wrong, good or bad, because you are actually hidden within the Godhead. The, the Godhead would have to dissolve for you to ever lose your salvation. What a thought, just to rise up and know I'm, I'm eternally secure. Then finally, number four, God has a long-term plan for you. God has a long-term plan for you. Listen to this. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Everybody heads up. Because every time you see that word appear, Christ shall appear, shall appear, that's code for the second coming of Christ. That's code that, that one day Christ is coming back to this earth in all of his glory but here's what's even more wonderful. You're going to appear with him. You're coming back to the earth for your second coming. Oh yeah, back to the earth in glory. You see, when you die right now, your spirit goes to heaven. Your body goes to the grave. Your spirit comes out of your body. God brings your spirit to heaven. So heaven's where you go when you die. But listen, heaven's not where you're gonna stay. <laughs> Because at the second coming of Christ, as he makes his appearance back to the earth, you will be with him and your spirit will be brought back to the earth and you will be given a whole new body, a brand new body, and we then will enter into a new earth. And that is where eternity will be spent, not in heaven, but on this new earth where there will be no more pain, 
no more sorrow, no more suffering. And it'll be a lot like this world now. It'll be fun. There'll be work. There'll be enterprise. There will probably be sports, all of that kind of stuff. But without depression, without sadness, see, that's where you're going. That's your, that's your destination. And God wants you to, to rise up out of this world and remind yourself that that's home. The Bible's a book about going home for the people of God. And home is that new earth. You know, many of you knew I grew up in the Carolinas. And uh, I know that I'd never been out of the Carolinas up until I decided to go off to college in Springfield, Missouri. And folks, when I left the Carolinas and went to Missouri, I got terribly homesick. Now, if you live in Missouri, don't take this the wrong way, but I did not like Missouri. And the reason I didn't like Missouri, because it wasn't home for me. Missouri wasn't my, my home. It wasn't where my family was. It wasn't where my mother was. It wasn't where my, the people I love was. That, that was not where it was. Home for me was the Carolinas. And so what I would do to help me through that time that I was in Missouri, James Taylor had a song called Carolina on my mind. It goes like this. I'm gonna try to sing this. It goes like this. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine hit me from behind? Cause I'm going to Carolina in my mind. Yeah, and I would sing that song when I was at school. Every time I would get lonely, every time I would get sad in my mind, I would start singing, in my mind, I'm going to care. That's what God wants you to do. God wants you to, when you're going through tough times, you need to say, I'm not home yet. In my mind, I'm going to be with God. I'm going to the new earth. Can't you just feel the presence of God? Can't you just see the glory of that new earth? going to be amazing. You see, folks, and I'm going to close with this. We can't survive as Christians. We can't thrive in this world unless we come up out of it over and over again and step into the world of God and breathe in the truths of God. Breathe in the truth that he is seated and he's in control of your world. Breathe in the truth that even when you fail him, he's merciful and kind and forgiving. Breathe in the truth that he's got you covered. You can never be lost. You will never lose your salvation. And breathe in the truth that you're on a journey and we are walking through this world and we're headed for the world of God where we'll exist forever and ever. So here's my challenge today. Every time you feel that that suffocating feeling in this world. Just say, that's my soul's way of telling me to rise up and talk to God. By the way, as you start each day, you know, before I dove into that water, I took a, a big breath of air. Take a deep breath of air. Spend time with God, seeking Him, talking to Him, learning more about all that He has for you in this life and everything that He has for you in the life to come. I'm telling you, telling you, if you do it, over and over and over throughout the day. And again, let those feelings trigger it. 
It'll help you to survive this world and it'll help you to thrive. And what we're going through right now in this world, we need it more than ever. Hey, Christ Fellowship, I love you all. God bless you.